Hi, superstars. Welcome back to another round of Overflow. This is our awesome Overflow for March 2020. It's a month where maybe it might be a little bit of a stretch to grab a little bit more awesome. (laughs) Things are a little bit topsy-turvy right now, of course. Um, I am joined today by my sister and sort of awesome regular Emily Harris. Hi, Emily. Hello, Meg. How are you doing? Um, I'm just going to be super honest. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Having all five kids at home at the same time, all the time. All five kids. Speaking of that, you guys may hear the boys playing in their room. Their room is right next to ours, and it is separated only by... um, well, there's a wall, but the wall has French doors in it. And so you can really easily hear things. They're playing in there because the baby fell asleep downstairs. He got immunizations yesterday and is running fever and not feeling great from that. So we're all shuffled all around. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to try to get this overflow recorded for you guys, because of course, every month we do want to bring you an awesome overflow. If you're a new superstar, hello and welcome. Every month we do hop on our microphones and take a little time just to, this is really, truly just girlfriend chit chat. Um, We kind of loosely have an idea what we're going to talk about, but mostly it's just stuff that... um, didn't make it on the main show during the month. So I actually invited Emily because we've been telling you for a long time that we were going to go back to last fall. Remember last fall, Emily? (laughs) Like like it was five years ago. Yes. (laughs) A different time in a different place. Oh man. I think about the worries that I had about life, even at the beginning of this month. And it's like, oh, what a simple time that was. If only that were my only worry now. Uh, right. Um, but last fall, Emily and I did a listener mailbag episode. The awesomes in the main hangout group and the sort of awesome hangout group uh, shared some questions with us. We only had time to tackle about half of them. So I've been telling you all since last fall that Emily and I would get on here and uh, answer the questions that we didn't have time to get to. Well, here's now's the time we're doing it now. Mm-hmm. So we have a few questions, but Emily, I was going to ask you just kind of like for a little personal update. You are a middle school teacher. Anybody who listens to the show regularly knows that you teach middle school art. Um, your, your district went so straight to distance learning right after spring break. You did not even skip a beat, right? Yeah. We had like two days to get ready for everything. And then we had to turn them into our cu- curriculum leaders. And yeah, it was a push to hurry to get everything out. So yeah. yes. So I'm super curious because you're obviously an art teacher and a lot of your instruction and activities and learning is obviously hands-on. So how are you doing this? How are you doing distance learning with your kiddos and art? We are making it super flexible. You know, we in Texas, we have TEKS, um, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. It's basically like this, the state standards. Um, and so the only thing that we're doing during this distance learning that we haven't already gone over is careers in art. And so, and that's what we've, we're doing this week, um, the last week in March. And all of our other lessons are just review from what they've learned earlier in the year. So, and it seems to be going really well. It was a little hairy scary on the first day that we rolled everything out, but you know, it's going pretty well now, actually. It's everybody's on our whole district in the secondary level is using Google Classroom, which um, do your kids use Google Classroom? Oh my gosh, yes. Like they don't even yeah. really 
they hardly ever turn in paper assignments. Almost mm-hmm. all of their work is over yeah. Google Classroom. So yes, we're super familiar around here. It is such a good platform to do lessons and teaching on. Yeah. I, just, I love it. Good. Okay. Well, so I know you've been obviously staying home and staying safe. Um, you watch a lot more news than I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> a lot more, a lot more. <laughs> um, are you feeling okay about everything for the moment? Um, well, okay. I would say, this is just the okay. superstars. Can I be so, honest? Yeah. I would say that our local here in Dallas, our local officials um, are doing just a wonderful job yeah. in informing people and just being honest and and all of that. But I feel like on the federal level, it's a little scary. Like I'm a little nervous about, quote unquote, opening up the country too early. Mm. And yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, Dallas, I mean, Dallas is you know, not been immune to this. No one has, but you know, we, we do have quite a few, quite a few cases of coronavirus and it seems to be just now on the 27th of March spreading to other counties. So that's a little scary, but you know, I think that a lot of local officials in different counties are taking it seriously and not hesitant to go in shelter in place. So Okay. All right. Um, somebody said. Oh, um, somebody said, where's my mama? Okay. <laughs> let me let me deal with him you, for hey, a few do minutes. Do whatever and, you need to do. Okay. I'll text you when we're ready to come back. Okay. Wait, can I see him one more time? Yeah. He's a sad baby. He's a sad baby. Oh, he looks like he doesn't feel good. Yeah, he doesn't. He does not. Okay, friends. So update, I am now sitting on the floor of the boys' room. I've recorded in a lot of places in our house over the past five years, never in the twins' room. (laughs) But Nico, like I said, he doesn't feel great. Um, He got shots yesterday. He is super clingy and running a little tiny bit of fever. So he, I came in here, Emily, because he loves to play in the boys room because he feels like such a big boy when he's in here. Um, there's blocks on the floor. Who knows? It might get a little noisy, but Hey, this is the new normal. Everybody. Yes. Working from home with their kids. I mean, I've always got Nico around, of course, but we're going to make it work, right? Yes. I love how I can see him in the background and he literally looks like a toddler just playing with toys. (laughs) He's like nine months old. He's nine months old and 25 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And he wears a size 2T. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. So I think I was saying that... um, we did this listener mailbag episode last fall, and I kept saying yeah. we're going to get to those extra questions, and we never did, but now we are. So, yes. um, Emily, I sent you some of them. Let's just start at the top. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. So, this first question is from Awesome Kendra. And again, these were questions that were asked last fall, but I think this one is really still appropriate. Um, Mm -hmm. She says, how are you managing your social media use right now or not? Um, I think directed towards me, she said, I imagine it must be even harder when you have a larger presence like podcasting, managing a Facebook group. But then Emily, she also wondered, have your students influenced your social media use 
and who you follow. Now, I want to start there because I think that is a fascinating question. And we've barely ever talked about this because you have kind of shared like in the past some of your sort of boundaries for if you accept friend requests from students and like how far out from teaching them they have to be for you before you like become friends with them on social media. But right. uh, so talk about that. But then also I had never thought about that you as a teacher in a fairly conservative community in Texas might have to think about like, who do I follow? What posts do I like when I'm on Facebook? Because it might be the cause for, I don't know, chitter chatter behind the scenes in the community where you teach. Very true. I would say that my, like what my students watch or follow doesn't necessarily influence my social media. But I will say what they definitely influence is who I watch on YouTube. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So like, um, you know, like the makeup artists and artists in general, like there's a makeup artist. His name is Manny MUA. I'm sure you've heard of him. So I don't know. For example, like, have you heard of the the group of guys on YouTube called their name on YouTube is Dude Perfect? <gasps> Yes, actually, um, I think that might have been one of Kelly's awesomes of the week, like literally back in 2015, maybe like a long time ago. I have heard of them, but I've not ever watched them or anything. Right. So they're based out of Frisco, which is like, I don't know, 25 minutes from where I live. And they're, I love their channel. All their stuff is so clean and they do so much good for, um, you know, just like, charities and different, you know, um, platforms and stuff. It's just like, they're just great, great people. And so like, I'll listen to what my kids talk about on YouTube and then I'll go follow it or, 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 okay. So it it influences you positively. Like you get ideas about who to watch. Yeah, sure. Or I hear about who they're talking about and then I go try to follow someone and I'm like, like Trisha Paytas. They told me okay. about Trisha Paytas and I went and followed her or I watched a couple yeah. of her videos and then I was like, um, no, thanks. Can't do For- this one. Cause she's just <laughs> like all her stuff is crazy. And I think most of it is an act, but it's still very, well, let's, Let's Crazy. stop right there because for people who are who do not have tweens and teens in their life, who is Trisha yes. Paytas on YouTube? Okay, she's a YouTube sensation. Um, <laughs> she's just one of those people that's like famous, famous on the internet channel. Yes, famous for being famous. Yes, um, she's from like Nebraska or something. Okay. I don't know. And she used to be a stripper. Okay. An exotic and dancer. An exotic dancer. And um, then she wanted, I think she wanted to go into music or acting, but for whatever reason, hasn't made it. And um, she's just, she's a, quite a character. She has the, she has a lot of money because obviously she's a very famous and rich sure. YouTuber. And yes. so she has, um, she has a lot of music videos out. Um, oh. She, she's very sexually confident character. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how else to put it. Um, sure. But then she also has a video about Jesus. <laughs> okay. Like, hey, there we go. Yes. It's Mix all it very, um, sure. It's all very interesting. So yes. Yeah. So most of the time I would say that they influence me in a positive way, but every once in a while they'll bring someone up that I'm just like, I'll check it out and I'll be like, okay, that's not for me. And that's fine. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like you have to be more careful about, for example, 
on Instagram on like posts that you like, because you know, that's public and people could see like, Oh, yeah. Miss Harris liked this. Or do you yeah. feel like oh, that yeah. you have to censor yourself because you're a teacher, I guess is what I'm asking. Oh, absolutely. I am constantly worried about the things that I like on Twitter or Instagram or any other platform that I'm on. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, are they going to see that I like this? Is that, are they going to read into this or right. whatever? So I always have to be kind of on guard. When a student requests, a friend requests you on any platform, do you have like a personal rule or personal boundary? Like, okay, if they're at least in, you know, if they're at least juniors in high school now, I'll accept the request. Or if they feel at least graduated or anything like that. Like, I'm sure you probably don't accept from requests from your current students. Right. My thing is once they're in high school, I will accept them um, as a friend on Facebook or Instagram. Now, there have been a couple of instances where if their parents are people that I would probably be friends with in real life anyways, yeah, you know, and I friend them on Facebook and then I'll usually friend their kids on Facebook. Like, okay, gotcha. um, Yeah. So, yeah. But so you feel like overall you do have to sort of filter social media oh, yeah. because of oh, your yeah. position. For sure. Yeah. For I mean, sure. I feel the same way too in the sense that I don't feel like any part of my social media is truly my own. There have been times yeah. when I've been more sensitive to it than others. Like in 2016, before the election, um, you, you guys know I never really talked politics, my personal politics um, publicly. But, you know, like on I can remember during the conventions, I was really active, not necessarily tweeting during the conventions in 2016, the Democratic and um, Republican conventions, but liking things, retweeting things. I think that's like the most bold I've ever gotten (laughs) with my personal (laughs) politics on social media. I don't know, like on on my personal Instagram account, first of all, for Facebook, I genuinely, genuinely only use Facebook for groups now. If I open and you've been doing that for a while. Yeah, this has been going on really since like really around the time Nico Nico was born. After Nico was born, I really kind of not not that there was any correlation. Just I was just yeah. like I'm just I hate Facebook. I don't I I am there for the groups. Right. I've gotten a lot, not just the sort of awesome hangout in the superstars group. I mean, those are very valuable to me obviously as our communities. I mean, I find tons of value in Facebook groups where I'm just a member. I'm just like a right. regular member. Right. Um, so when I open Facebook, if there is a post from a friend, like a, when I open the, on the browser on the um, app and there's a post from a friend or somebody at the top of my feed, you know, sometimes we'll interact with that, but that's it. I do not scroll my feed on right. Facebook anymore, especially in an election year and especially, you know, just like it doesn't even matter anymore. Just I don't like it. Um, now it used to definitely, I, I do think that in years past, I used it more as a, a, my own personal Facebook, more as a platform form for advocacy and sharing about things that are important to me and stuff. I just don't have the energy. I literally don't have the time or energy to have those conversations anymore. I barely, and this is the truth. I can barely, barely keep up with friendships in my offline life. Yeah. I cannot. I don't have the time or energy to engage conversations on social media. And plus I have over a thousand friends on Facebook. And so like, I 
just, I don't know. Anyway, so that's, I would say that that makes a difference. Um, yeah. On Instagram, I, you know, my personal Instagram is way, way, way more Catholic than any other part of my social media life. And I like mm-hmm. it like that. That's something, mm-hmm. obviously, it's very important to me. I'm very interested in. Um, I have recently been getting more and more into the behind the scenes of running the social media for sort of awesome on Instagram and having and putting a lot more time and energy into that, just having a lot more fun with it, being mm-hmm. more engaging. I feel like especially right now, um, during this time of quarantine and social distancing that people are online more. And I don't think any of us should feel bad about that for one second of our lives. Um, and I'm hopeful that sort of awesome can really be keep people company, even if even if people have to take a time out from listening to the show um, because they don't have their commute anymore or they're not sitting at their desk anymore or their kids won't stop annoying them <laughs> so they can listen. To I, I always tell my kids, mom has got to listen to her stories. <laughs> so really I can tell like, that. Yes. <laughs> They're so telling what the twins think I listen to. The girls know I'm listening to podcasts. Right. Um, my kids are super used to me listening to podcasts around the house, but yeah. Um, and I'm super used to being interrupted. Like I ha- I love my Treb Lab earbuds because I can just tap them and they pause and I can mm-hmm. answer a question or whatever or deal with a yep. baby. Um, and then I can go back to listening. But anyway, anyway, even if people don't have time right now because of all of the radical changes in our lives to listen to the show. I do feel like sort of awesome can still show up in their social media feeds and be Mm -hmm. there for them. So I have been putting a lot more energy into sort of awesome social media since this all started. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. This is from awesome Jillian. Jillian asked about announcing either pivots in your life or big life changes. So you got a new job, you have a new small business, you moved into a new apartment. She is wondering how and when do you announce these things to family and the beyond? Does social media do everything for you or do you talk to your people personally? So, Emily, what do you think about this? Are you a big social media announcer? Do you just kind of let the news trickle out through conversations with people? What does that look like for you? I would say that like so much of this question, my answer is going to be, it depends. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So if you have like some really like uh, opinionated people in your life that are going to question you about your life choices, then mm-hmm. you don't have to tell them anything. Yes. Um, you can just be like, oh, yeah, I moved a couple months ago. Huh. <laughs> um, but really, if you want to announce something like a new baby or an engagement or, um, you know, a new job or a new move for the whole family, I think it's really just up to you how you want to do it. Um, you know, you can... You can do it in a text message to people that you're close to. You can announce it over Facebook or Instagram or whatever, or none of those things. I mean, so it really just depends on, I mean, I think everybody's unique individual situations. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think I do have such broad and... um diverse circles of friends and Mm -hmm. people that I want to share things with that I do think I probably let social media do most of the heavy lifting in terms of making any announcements just because it's so easy. I can remember when Daisy was born, um, there was a group of us from college, some of our sorority sisters, 
there was a group of us who were all pregnant with our first babies around the same time, first or second. A few people had already had babies, but there was a lot, there was a few of us that were having our first babies. And we, and again, this was over 15 years ago. Yeah. So we had this like email group where we would just email back and forth everything that I would have, you know, later in life, later with more babies on the way um, and new babies would have like put on Facebook, like, what do you guys think about this? Or, um, you know, she's not doing this yet. She hasn't hit this milestone. Should I be worried? All of those things. We just kept in our little um, email thread. And right. that was how we like created community. We all lived in different towns, but we mm-hmm. like had this little community of discussion about having our babies. And so back in the, back in those days, sending out a mass email was so easy to make an announcement all at once. I can also remember when I got pregnant with AJ, my best friend from college had been struggling with infertility for years. And so, um, before I, emailed a big group of people to tell them that we were pregnant again. I personally emailed her to let her know, give her a heads up. You know, now these days I would probably text and be like, Hey, just so you know, um, to give people a heads up before I make a big social media announcement. So it's kind of like the rules are the same, but it just Mm -hmm. maybe takes place on different platforms. But there's a very small number of people for whom we give personal announcements, personal, have personal conversations. Um, Even, I mean, so when we found out we were pregnant with Nico, we had a few phone calls to make, but beyond that, we just put on social media. Um, When we decided to become Catholic, again, a couple of in-person conversations, but mostly it was on social media. So yeah, it's, it's, I do let social media do a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to making announcements or even, you know, there's some, I would say, you know, Jillian specifically asked about pivots, like things like that. I don't tend to announce really big. If it's a, if it's a a personal thing or if it is just, you know, something that I don't really want to have a lot of conversation around, Mm -hmm. then there might be a couple of face-to-face or phone call conversations. But I just kind of like leave it at that. And if somebody wants to approach me and ask me about something, like it seems like your feelings on this have changed or whatever, I'm totally Mm -hmm. up for having the conversation. But much more so in my life than I would say there was a time in my life when any little change in thought, I would be like, now the world needs to know. <laughs> this is how I feel about this. <laughs> but now I'm much more prone to just keeping it to myself. And if people want to have a conversation, great. Right. But I'm much less likely to make a big announcement, you know. Right. Well, you know, going back to the, like the whole, like, what what do I share on social media? Because I am a teacher. So, you know, Corey and I moved in together in December and I didn't announce that anywhere because I lit, I work in an extremely conservative community and Corey right. and I are not married, but you know, all the people in my life that I, that I wanted to know, I told. Yes. So, and there will, yeah. there will be like hints on on my Facebook, on my regular Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, just about like you know, Caitlin is spending spending the night with us or whatever, right? And I just kind of let people just you yeah. know know about it in a fill in the blank way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you, Jillian. That was a great question. Okay, next, this is from Jessie Lee. And I don't think Jessie Lee is a superstar, but she always is so engaging and such a fantastic part of our awesome community. She and really is. Yeah, she has um, a really good question for us. So she asked, 
Have you two been super close your entire lives? Have there been seasons when you felt closer or times when you went longer between connecting? Now, she said this question feels vulnerable and she hopes it doesn't get too heavy. But um, I think I know how you'll answer on this, but I would, you go first. <laughs> Why do you want to make me go first on You're stuff like guest. this? Guess goes first. <laughs> okay. Well, when we were preteens and teens, mm-hmm. wait, we wait, wait, before we do this. Well. Well, let's do this first. Just as a reminder, if you're new to Sort of Awesome and and maybe new to being a superstar, but certainly haven't heard Emily on the show very many times, um, Emily and I are 14 months apart. I'm 14 months older than Emily. So to the context for this question is that I have literally no memory of my life without Emily being in it. Right, right. Um, I would say we have been best friends forever, except you're right. During our tween and (laughs) teen years, it was a little contentious. We did not get along very well. (laughs) <laughs> well no, no. <laughs> we did sometimes we didn't i i would think it was probably i don't know would you say 50 50 like we got along 50 yeah of the time i think that feels fair it felt like we hated each other the other 50 <laughs> i think that it was very difficult for us as girls because we shared friend groups almost all the time yes yes now um there was, so there was always, you know, some underlying jealousies or, you know, yeah. this is fair. This is not fair. People who we became friends with because this person was friends with them first, um, uh-huh. activities that we were in. Um, yeah. Hang on just a second. Okay. <laughs> Lacey's he's not crying. He's not crying. That is the, that is the spit of disgust. <laughs> he's mad about his life and that that's oh. the sound he makes. Oh, does he have a? Yeah. I can't see his face. Uh-oh. Does he have? Brown? He's just he's just bored. Honestly, if there were some yeah. brothers or sisters in here, it'd be a lot noisier, but he'd be a lot yeah. happier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, you know what, what? An interesting thing that happened that does not often happen in the lives of family, but that happened in our family. Speaking of our teen years, is that um, when I was a senior in high school and you were a sophomore, mm-hmm. um, our dad got a job transfer and you guys yeah. moved away from Oklahoma and up to Pennsylvania <laughs> Yeah, where you, so you, that was like the, basically the middle of your sophomore year. Yeah. And so from that sophomore year on, you were like, you didn't have to live in my shadow anymore. Nobody in that town no, knew who I, I really was. Didn't. No. And that's true. And I liked that time in my life where I could just be Emily and not Megan's sister. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to East Central with you, like I felt like our bond really, why are you laughing? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know laughing. what you were going to say. <laughs> I know why you're laughing. Then you were like, then I got my overbearing older sister back again. <laughs> Well, you were my pledge educator. I was. I was your literal pledge trainer. Yes. In addition to being my sister. So, yeah. I mean, I think just as time has gone on, like, you know, when you and Kyle got engaged and got married, I was super jealous of him. And now that I think about it now, like, that's so silly. (laughs) Why? Because did you feel like he took me away from you? Oh, totally. All the way across the street to married student housing. (laughs) No, wait, not right? even very student, not even very student housing. Well, for like a, for not even a year. Yes. And then we moved yes. back to Pasagi, the dorm that we were in, to, this, to yeah, be the dorm director. same dorm I was in. Yeah. <laughs> That's where one of our haunted stories happened too. I know, we'll have to save real. that for another show. Uh-huh. Yes. But I would say, okay, so we had some normal, very normal, I feel like sibling rivalry slash 
um, contentious, contentiousness yeah. as teens and tweens. But, you know, once I really do feel like once we hit adulthood, I can't remember that we have ever gone stretches where we didn't call, text, talk all the time. Well, you know, like when you guys lived in San Marcos and I lived in Houston, um, you know, I spent so much time when you had Stacy, and then later on when you had AJ, like I would spend probably two weekends a month um, coming over to San Marcos and getting to hang out with you and the, the girls when they were babies. And, you know, I think that strengthened our sisterhood as well because oh, yeah. Kyle was not home. Like Kyle was coaching right. t- over 12 hours a day. And so it was, yeah. you know, us hanging out and me learning about babies and learning about toddlers and you know, totally. Yes. That yeah. was so great because it was what, like two hours away. Yeah. Like two and a half, two and hours, and a half hours away. Hours. Not even that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you really got to be there with a front row seat. Now, having said that, I will say publicly, you know, as much as the superstars are public, <laughs> um, yes. you have done since we entered adulthood, you have done the lion's share times infinity of traveling to where we are. Like when we lived in San Marcos, he would come over. When I just had Daisy, Mm -hmm. I would come to Houston more often. Yes. But after AJ was born, I really didn't. And from that time on, you have done the traveling to see us. And I know that I'm sure there are times when that feels pretty unfair. And that would be fair of you to see it that way. (laughs) Yeah. It would be fair if you thought it was unfair. <laughs> but you well, you seriously have been so generous with your time. You've come for every child's birth. I mean, not in the operating room, but when they yeah, were born, yeah. you came right. to see them right. um, always and help. And um, when Kyle's dad passed away, you came and stayed with a, f- a few days to help. And golly, I don't know how we would have made it through that week without Aww. you. Um, but you really have, you have been the one to pick up and go and stuff. So yep. I just want to really say that, that I don't, I don't dismiss that. That's hugely, hugely important. And I know it's a huge reason why you're so close with my kids. Right. Right. Well, you're going to make me cry now. I'm going to cry like Nico's crying right now. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> but for different reasons. Um, yeah. you know, I just, I like, I love your family so much and you know, I, I mean, I think because this is the the superstars group, we can admit that like, you know, we have, we have a lot of difficult dynamics in our family of origin. And so a lot of times we feel like it's just me and you, it's the world. Mm-hmm. It's you true. Know? And so like, you're my family, your family is my family now. Like I yeah. feel like that. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's right. So yeah. that was a good question from Jesse Lee and, and one that I'm glad that we got to really talk about. Um, Okay. The last one is from Awesome Laura. And this one is just for fun. What were your favorite toys to play with together when you were kids? (laughs) I want to say Barbies. Do you feel like we did a lot of Barbies? Yes. I feel like we did a lot of Barbie imaginary play. Now, when we were little, little um, kindergarten, Pre-K, kindergarten, first grade. I feel like we played school a lot. We did. We played school a lot, a lot. We would fight over who was going to be the teacher. Uh If we were feeling Uh particularly happy with the other one, we would grade each other with an A plus, 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 plus. (laughs) But if we had 
you know, had gotten a little sideways with each other, had a little outs, gotten yes. on the outs with each other, uh, then it was definitely F minus, 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 like the yeah. lowest you could go. <laughs> so true. Oh my goodness. So. Hey, something else that we used to play with, and I know you remember these because you bought one for Daisy quite a long time ago, those okay. flash fashion plates. Oh my gosh. Where you do the texture rubbings and stuff. Yes. Those made a resurgence a few years ago. Yeah. And I did get one for Daisy. Those were so fun. We definitely did that. You know, being kids that were born in the late seventies and and having our childhood in the eighties. We definitely did. He's happy if he can, if I turn him in his carrier so he can see (laughs) Mimi. That's what my kids call Emily is Mimi. Um, then he's happy. So yeah, there's Mimi. Hi, baby. Um, <laughs> but we did a lot of imaginary play. So we had, you know, the backyard wading pool and we would make up games and oh, baptize yeah. each oh, other. Yeah. <laughs> we did do in the that. pool every summer. <laughs> um, we, you know, even with Barbies, it was a lot of just unstructured, just creating soap opera type dramas and stuff. We played right. with Barbies for a long time. I feel we like we did. We really did. Yeah. I would so. also like to admit right now, and I hope this, well, I mean, I don't really care if it embarrasses you because it probably will, but when we <laughs> were in junior high, we made, we choreographed a dance to a Michael W. Smith song. Oh, we, I'm not embarrassed by that <laughs> at all. I'm the person who just put myself dancing to a TikTok dance That's on true. the social medias. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> we made it. It wasn't just the Michael W. Smith song. We choreographed a lot of songs. We really did. We but were that performers. One, which one are you thinking of? Because I feel like there was a few that we did that were Michael you know, Smith. I can't remember. I'd have to look up his albums back then. I think it was Secret Ambition. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knew his Secret Ambition. <laughs> Talking about Jesus. Actually, that um, sounds like maybe you're right. <laughs> um, we choreographed a lot of songs. We were not dancers. We took a few years no. of ballet. Right, right. And I don't know who we were gonna we were gonna perform for. Well, we made mom and dad watch us. Okay, yeah, that's right. Beyond that's that, right. that was about it. We would put on a little show. <laughs> I'm sure they were like, "Oh, good, okay. another dance show." <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, oh, and it's man. so funny. So it's so funny to watch AJ. Daisy doesn't care a thing about dancing, but right, AJ loves those TikTok dances and she can teach herself by watching just a few times and she's got it down. And she's always been like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, we're really trying to um, really stay present with you guys on social media in the Superstars Facebook group, which if you haven't joined us, please come and do that. Facebook.com slash group slash SA Superstars. Um, but of course, on all the regular social media channels in the Hangout, we really want to be there with you um, as we go through this very, you know, in some ways, very scary, very anxiety producing time, very challenging yes. time all of the things um, we just want to remind you that you're not alone and um, that we are in this together. So Emily, thank you for bearing with <laughs> this craziest of recordings. <laughs> That's okay. 
Um, superstars, thank you so much for your support. Things are changing rapidly with our sponsors who are having to make difficult decisions about their podcasting advertising budgets. Um, I know things are becoming difficult for patrons for our superstars as they're making decisions about their personal budgets. And so we get it. Like this is a hard time for everybody. You guys' support means so much to us right now. We are so thankful for that. Um, so just know that we are with you. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna get through this together, but we are so glad to, to be able to keep each other company along the way. So, Emily, again, really seriously, thank you for taking the time out of, oh, sure. You, I know you're trying to keep office hours and do Zoom meetings with your students and all of that. Thank you for taking the yeah. time to come and uh, answer these questions with me. Yes. So, all right, superstars, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time.